tongue and how it can curse its brother and, and it pours out bitterness. And, he, and James says, these things should not be. That's, if, if this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in James, that means we can draw on the power of God to change our tongue and change the way we communicate. Our third um, one is uh, speak with a new tongue. In Mark 16, 17, Jesus told his disciples, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. We understand that Pentecost, there was a Holy Spirit baptism. And we know that tongues in that setting released an ability for them to hear the different people from different nationalities. But also we read in different places in the other places in the New Testament that when we speak in an unknown tongue, we speak in the heavenly language. And so that's that communication between us and God, between heaven and grace, where grace is. But I want to propose to you, when he was saying they will speak, you're going to speak with new tongues, I'm saying he wants to purify our tongue. He wants our tongue to have a more pure flow so that we speak with a new tongue. And I pray today that there will be a prophetic change in every one of us, that when we leave, we're speaking differently. And when we go to speak, there's a check, and we hold back maybe the negative words we would do. And, you know, some of us can't help the personalities we have. And because I struggle with depression, my wife's always telling me, don't be negative. It's something I struggle with because it's part of God's grace on me has allowed me to have that, but he's allowed me also to overcome and not go by the negative feelings that depression brings me. But I have to watch and keep saying keep hearing what she's saying, that I'm adjusting, that I'm not giving in to the negative feelings because it's a condition I'm dealing with. So he wants us to speak with new tongues. I want to go a little bit further today on the tongues that damage. First Peter uh, 4.15. I read this last week. He said, Peter says, let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, or an evildoer. That covers about everything or as a busybody in other people's manners. And interesting, he puts busybody right with murderers, uh, evil people, uh, thieves. So that means, in his eyes, being a busybody, being a gossip, he don't like it. And it's robbing the body of Christ. It's killing. Can you imagine having a body part, and, and, and it's very spiritual. People are actually cutting themselves today. It's, they're they're that, in that self-destruction. It's very spiritual. It's the same thing in the body of Christ. When you slander a brother, you are cacking at your own foot. Can you imagine taking an axe and chopping on yourself all the time? We have to have this revelation and understanding in this body that we aren't going to allow that anymore, that we are going to consider our body is our body. And if someone's going to speak against your body, you are destroying the very thing you need to draw life on because we are supposed to draw on the spiritual gifts that God has put in this body. And I believe, I believe we're going to see growth. I believe God is going to do growth in here because what he's doing, he's trying to get us right so that we are going to be the right kind of disciples to come alongside people and see the Holy Spirit do the same thing in them that he's done in us. But it's time. It's time for supernatural and spiritual growth. It's time to get off the bottle and to get on the solid meat and to grow. It's time to look at those places that we're compromising and those places that we're sinning and say, I I can't dabble in this thing anymore. I started 
on a new life. Why am I hanging back and living in, in this mediocre life? No, there are people that are dying and going to hell every day. And how many times maybe we could have spoken to a person, but we're so working on ourselves, we're so down on ourselves because we see the, the faults and failures that we're not being the Christians that God is calling us to do. We have a great power available to us, and it's the Holy Spirit. And we, I, I believe some of us are going to see a jump to light speed in our Christian growth. Okay, a busybody, someone who meddles in the affairs of others, an interferer, someone um, who is a mischief maker. And sometimes, you know, we start talking about people. Maybe our intent is to help them, and it ends up being gossip. You know, it's not good. A talebearer, a person who gossips or reveals secrets, malicious talk. I gave you that scripture in Leviticus 19.16. The Lord said, you shall not go about as a talebearer among your people. I am the Lord. So he put his, his stamp, like, this is what I'm saying. Don't go telling stories. Don't uncover things to people. In Proverbs eleven thirteen, he who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy and faithful in spirit keeps the matter hidden. That's what we want to build in this church. We want to build a trust. And God help us. God, even as you've given me this message, and I'm saying, God help us to build a trust. We are in broken society. I can, all of us could probably get up and say areas where we have been slandered or we have been lied about or we have been hurt in such a way that we have wounds and we have barriers over our heart and we're not going to open up to anyway because we've been wounded. But I'm telling you, God is asking us to forgive. He's wanting us to be boldly opening and loving people like we've never loved before. And so it's going to take us the ability of being safe and providing a safety to those people around us. It's a work we can do. God never asks us to do something that we can't do. Gossip and slander. Gossip, rumor of a personal nature. One who engages in such talk. Talking about personal or private affairs of others. Slander. The speaking of lies harmful to a person. To speak damaging lies about someone. Timothy wrote, in the last days, people would be without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. In verse 5, he goes on to say, have nothing to do with such people. Wow, we're in a church, so I know someone's slandering. I'm not supposed to have anything to do with them. I think the best way to have nothing to do with them is to confront them and say, you know what? What you said is wrong. And you're hurting the body of Christ. And I'm challenging you to get that right. And if you have to go to that person and work out what it is, you go and work it out because you're causing division and you are attacking the body of Christ. And God gives grace. He gives grace and he gives grace. But then sometimes he acts like he did in Acts when Paul was threatening and he was coming against the church. Jesus showed up and said, enough. This is my body you're attacking. And may the Holy Spirit come upon us and convict us where we're beating the body down. We've got to encourage each other. These are dark times, and they're going to get darker. More of the demonic, act, demonic angels who have been locked up since the fall are going to be released in the days ahead. And some of them may have already been released. So can you imagine the, the overwhelming darkness that we face? That's why we've got to do it right. And God has given us all the ability we, that we need through the Holy Spirit, all the power we need to overcome through the Holy Spirit. And our ally is that nurturing relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can stand against that darkness and that opposition, so we can be the light bearer, so we can penetrate the darkness by standing. And the enemy might try to intimidate you, make 
making you fearful of him or fearful of what's going to happen. But I tell you, there's a boldness under the blood of Jesus. There's a boldness in the angelic protection and the protection of the Holy Spirit that he gives you to stand against any intimidation that trying, the enemy's trying to do to you in your testimony. We are supposed to extend grace and speak the truth in love. Have nothing to do with slanderous talk. In Titus 2.3, uh, Paul wrote, Titus saying, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Maybe he addresses women because women do have a higher word level. Men have a real short, men are almost like less than half of what women have in their communication. But I tell you, in this day and age, slander applies to men. There's men who can slander just like women. And so that message that Titus gives us is to all of us to watch our tongue and don't cut someone who the person you might be in, 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 uh, enveloped in or caught up in slander with might be the very person. Turn my own mic off. One who gossips uncovers and destroys others, not caring the damage they do. Division. The action of separating something into parts or the process of being separated. You know, in division, our whole body separates, feels it. It's an injury. When something happens and something's not working right, our whole body feels it. It's same in the spiritual realm. It's same in this local body. When there's division, the whole body feels it. There's an uneasiness. There's something you can't quite put your finger on, and it's that it's like an apprehension too because you could sense something's going on but you can't put your finger on it that's that spirit of division that the enemy's always trying to do he's working hardy er, harder against us you guys than he is out in the world he already has the world he already has the lost but he's trying to keep us if he can keep us at bay if he can keep us just getting into heaven just barely getting in there having all our works burn up he's happy but if we grow spiritually and get stronger and stronger and withstand every test and everything he throws at us and we, and we become and keep being that powerful witness, we are doing damage to the kingdom of darkness. We are, we are being frustrated and we are frustrating the devil. I think it would be better that he has to send more demons after us because we're such a threat. In Romans 16, 17, Paul the Apostle wrote, I appeal to you, brethren, to be on your guard concerning those who create dissensions and difficulties and cause divisions in opposition to the doctrine, the teaching which you have been taught. I warn you to turn aside from them and to avoid them. You know, sometimes we have a tendency, and uh, when we were kind of talking about this in one of our meetings, and Bruce Gessick said, uh, people have a tendency to, to want to be a savior. And so they open their ears to all kinds of negative, thinking that somehow they're building this bridge with someone and actually they're actually receiving division. And actually what's coming to them is actually separating them. It could be separating them from leaders or other Christians. And don't deceive yourself by being a garbage can for someone. You know, it's one thing when you're bringing a new person in, they're pouring out stuff. But when it gets it's over and over and they're not growing and they're slandering your body, they're hacking away at your hands and feet, they're hacking away at the spiritual covering that you have, you have to put a boundary and say, you know what? You got something off. We are supposed to walk in love. We're supposed to forgive each other. We're supposed to honor those who are in authority. We're supposed to be the, a, a different kind of Christian and don't be an ear. We've seen time and time again over 17 years of people getting divided 
because they're listening to someone who is hacking away at the body. And somehow they've made these connections with people that are not really connected in the body, but they're almost like a cancer where it's, it's sent by the enemy to destroy. And sometimes people are innocent. They're, I- they're genuinely broken, but they have to start changing. They have to be open to change and not hurt the very thing that's going to bring them life. And it's the body. It's relationships. The early church in Corinth, man, read just First and Second Corinthians. If you want to get an idea of what they dealt with, well, it's even greater now, the opposition that we deal with. The immorality, the gossip, the slander, the false doctrine, the false apostles. All, it was a, it's, a, it's a wonder how Paul hung in there, you know, and, and tried to encourage the Corinthians. He had to write letters, and when he was gone, there was criticism about him. There was, they were looking at him with natural eyes, judging him, and here he was, the apostle who, who God used to write most of the New Testament and the structure of how church life was supposed to be, and he came under such an attack. I'm, I wonder at times if he felt like, God, what's happening? Is anything, is anything changing? You know, but his persistence and his faithfulness to God, his faithfulness to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit was telling him and make sure it was written down so that we knew how to do church life and how to recognize uh, church behavior that's not right, slander, gossip, all those things that were destroying the church. And now we use them as a guideline to know what to deal with as we grow in our Christianity. First Corinthians three three. But you are still carnal, for there is envy, strife, divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Boy, I hope no one, you know, sometimes I, I think people, I've heard over my Christian life, people envy people in ministry or they feel jealous of us. I tell you, this is not a road I'd pick. I grew up in church and I never wanted to be a pastor because I saw what it really entail, entailed. I saw the different attacks that pastors go under. I, I saw the different complaints, the gossip, the criticism. I'm human, and I'm sure you could fill a few pages out just in what you see on Sunday of what you don't like about me. doesn't matter. Leaders take on the call of God, and they, they take that responsibility on. It's totally a God call. It's totally a God thing. It's not something they would do on their own because any person w- who has had any amount of sanity would say, I am not going to do that. But it shows that we make that commitment to God, and then we find ourselves doing things that are unpleasant. How many be honest? God has asked you to do things that are unpleasant. I mean, you're here today. You could be sleeping in. You could be having breakfast in bed. I haven't had breakfast on a Sunday at home in forever. But that's just the way it is. God loves us. There are people in this church that God wants to raise up as, as leaders. You know, and I hope you obey God and let God move you forward. That he lets you be uncomfortable put, picking up your cross and following him. Saying no to some other distractions that would distract you from the purpose you were made for. There are gifts that need to be operating in this church. There's gifts, a miracle. The Bible, if I read Corinthians and I say every one of these gifts are supposed to be operating in the church. And I'm saying, God, let these gifts operate. But it is the words of our mouth. It is our limited spiritual growth and development that keeps us from being the spiritual men and women that God wants us to be. I want to see this place grow up strong so that when this old man leaves, I can say, yes, someone else has the burden and responsibility. But God is building his church. God is doing the thing that he's going to do. He said he's going to build it until he comes. In Jude 18 and 19, the apostles warn, there will be mockers in the last time 
who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the spirit. Sensual is indulging in, uh, in appetites led by their soul and by their emotions. Sexual immorality has caused a lot of hurt to the body of Christ. Having to speak to people offends them that they were approached to help pull them out of something. Some of you are going to be taking on some of the things I've been doing. Some of you are going to stop problems before they start and get bigger because you're going to see things, and because you care about people, you're going to speak as a friend and say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm seeing you do things that are not good for the body, but they're not going to be good for you, and they're going to bring an end that's not going to be positive in your life. And some of you are going to grab their dare little faces and hold them and put and say, look me in the eye, stop what you're doing. Now, when a friend tells you that, you can handle it better. When your pastor comes in and tells you something that he hears, because sometimes people don't address a thing, they come and tell the pastor, you know, so-and-so is involved in doing this. Come on, man up, woman up. If you hear something, if you speak to something, you speak to them. I'm, I'm so far removed, they're going to be offended that I spoke. We're an offended society. People don't want to hear the truth. We have a self-righteousness. We have a, a, an ego. We have an American complex. Everyone needs to do what I want to do. That's not biblical. We're supposed to humbly serve each other. And so we can serve each other best by speaking the truth and love to each other, by stopping before we get to the edge and over our boundary and guardrail where now I'm in deep sin and I'm, oh, what am I going to do? And it's a harder road back when you've opened a door to things that are destructive than it is to keep the door shut. Let the devil stay out of the church. Do you connect or divide people? Proverbs 17, 9. He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love, but he who repeats or harps on a matter separates his close friends. How many times maybe even have we sealed something? We've, we've shut it down. We talked to that person, but then there's kind of like an ego and a pride about, oh, I did this, and we're, we're talking about it. No, no. Let's keep those secrets. Let's, let's get people covered and have their sins covered so they don't have to deal with shame. You know, the biggest thing that drives people out of that church sometimes is shame. When they, they do go through things or something exposed in their life. And shame drives people out of the church. We want people to stay. We want people to work through their things and have it be a still picture. What happened yesterday is yesterday. I'm moving forward. I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'm forgiven of my sins. And I can have a life restored of character and integrity because God is a God who paid for the whole way and for me to go all the way to the other side. We are supposed to be overcomers. Divisive person. Titus 3.10, Paul warns Titus concerning divisive persons. As for a man who is, uh, in fact, I can't even say it, a heretical sectarian uh, and cause of divisions, after admonishing him a first and second time, reject him from your fellowship and have nothing to do with him. Man, if we did that in society, we would be so labeled. But look at how clear the Holy Spirit was saying, you cannot correct a divisive person. If something is at the root in their doctrine and the way they believe, you know, you can't change that. It's something that's so deep within them. It's almost like they have to be dealt with. And really, God is saying, get them out of the church because I can deal with them. I have a, I have a main worker who works for me, and that's the devil. He goes after people to get them adjusted. And he's, a, he's, a, he's one who will 
persecute them and he'll put the pressure on them to readjust their thinking and, and to give them, uh, bring them around so they can face the truth. But we can't do that in our society. They're going to go down the street and they'll be in another church. So what we have to do is we have to address it. If someone's causing division, we address it. We speak to it. And I am enlisting all of you beautiful people to do that with me. Discord. Disagreement between people. One who causes strife, conflict, friction, hostility, antagonism, enmity. This is a big definition. Bad feeling, bad blood, an argument, quarreling, squabbling, bickering, wrangling, feuding, contention. I'm not done yet. Dissension, dispute, difference of opinion, disunity, division, opposition, and infighting. That's discord. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. He's just sick about these things. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. God hates that. That should bring such a holy fear on all of us. I've got to watch what I'm saying. Are the words I'm saying going to cause division? Are they going to? Am I sowing seeds of discord? It's interesting. You can hear someone say something, and if they're closer to you, it has even more effect. But what you've just heard is a seed, and it doesn't matter what else comes your way. That seed is going to be nurtured and grow, and it's going to cause you to be skewed in your opinion of the sub person or subject because it's a seed. Every seed grows. That's why we have to watch who's sowing what in our lives or what are we sowing against someone else in the body because it's going to grow and it's going to drive them out. I've seen it. In church, I've been in church my whole life. I saw seeds, just a little twisting of the truth, seeds. And the person doesn't have the whole story. And they're gone. Wow. Discord. He hates it. It's abomination to him. Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Whoa. Have you ever seen that in your life where a little, a little whisper, all of a sudden, my friend, what happened? How come? And they're looking at you a little different, you know. I think I've told you this story. I mean, I used to go, me and my sister, Karen, really quiet. We're a year apart. We always went to church. We always work with our parents in church is clean. We went to church together, and... When we went to Christian community, um, I think people thought we were a couple because after church, we'd leave. We'd go home. She drove her own car. I drove my own car. But we still would go our own way. And when I got married to Dory, it was like there was a couple. There was this one lady. She treated me like like I had the plague. And probably about three years later, there was some kind of interaction with us. And she found out Karen was my sister. And so, but then it like it, the light went on with her. Oh, I, I guess he wasn't too timing her. But see, see how seeds, how, how opinions, I mean, because we're logical people. We have a brain. We're not stupid, you know, and we're, we want to grow in our knowledge and our intellect and everything else. But we got to check and say, am I really understanding what I think I'm understanding? Am I discerning my brother or sister properly? You know, are the seeds being sown me, are they right? Sometimes you, maybe it's good to go check with the person and say, hey, someone's saying this about you. Maybe we ought to get together and kind of work this out. Our key verse for today, I got to it with four minutes left. Enoch, you can come up. 
Proverbs 17, 19. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. I'm going to have to continue next week. I hope I have some more good nuggets. Will you stand with me? You know, this is such a big area. I, I think if you can take that little paper in your bulletin and kind of work through any of those things that apply or, or maybe the Holy Spirit's bringing some other things up to you that, that you need to work on. Let's believe that God's going to change us so that we have power in our words, a new power through the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit can trust us. See, that's why a lot of times I think the Holy Spirit doesn't flow through us. If we have a double tongue going, if we're slandering and you know, we're wondering, well, where's the power in my tongue? Hey, maybe this is an area.